Hello, and welcome back to the Legends Podcast with me, Sarah Faruya of SF Creative and Sarah Faruya Coaching, where I am rising like a phoenix from the ashes after a one-year break to season seven, where our theme is legends of reinvention, stories of renaissance, and the phoenix rising from the fire. I believe there are many ways to lead a life and everybody has stories. So let's get into these creative musings from Sarah and her guests. Enjoy. Hello. Try it with the mic on. <laughs> Hi. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is creative musings from Sarah Faruya, creative. And this is the part of my podcast where I muse on something that I've been thinking about or researching or just tell a story or, um, yeah, just muse about what's going on for me and out in the world and telling stories. Now, I realized this yesterday. It's uh, right now, it's early December 2023. So um, that's the vibe that I've got right now. It's slightly celebratory. It's that kind of pre Christmas vibe if you're in a Christian country or if you're in a country where Christmas is kind of celebrated broadly. I'm in Japan right now and we celebrate Christmas, but in a kind of festive way, festival kind of way, all the lights, illuminations, uh, food, and, th and so on. Um, so Christmas is something that has been kind of adopted in the very Japanese way here. And um, so I've been holding off putting my Christmas decorations up and I will put them up because I just think it's lovely when the light's here. But what I can tell you is on this 5th of December here is that the tree outside has been pruned every year or every other year. I think every year the people who live in that house chop the tree back to its trunk and every year it grows back luscious and this is one of the things I absolutely love about living here it's been four rounds of living here now four rounds of the seasons of living here is really understanding the rhythms of nature for both me and my husband this is the kind of most into nature that we've ever lived so we live in the hills in a town but we live in the hills not far from the beach, 15 minutes walk from the beach. And we get to watch the seasons changing. And this is the fourth time now, fourth round. We moved here in 2019. And I really love it every year. I wait with bated breath for either the leaves to fall from the trees or for the owners of the house to chop the branches off so that I can see the hills in the distance. And I absolutely love it. And I went out yesterday all day in Tokyo. And when I came home, all the leaves had fallen, not all the leaves had fallen off the trees. That was already happening. The branches had been chopped from the trees. So I feel like celebrating now. And I feel like getting my decorations up, maybe. But I'm feeling a really strong vibe for wanting to have... Um, like fir tree decorations this year with lights twinkling in them. So I might actually go up into town, into Zushi, and have a look and see if there's still a Christmas tree there. They're expensive. Or to buy some greens, or just to go up into the hills with a pair of secateurs and chop some stuff off. We'll see. 
We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. But yesterday I realized that one of the reasons why I love doing these creative musings is that um, basically they're essays that were waiting, half finished or typed quickly into my notes or that were waiting, like that are in bullet point form and waiting for me to write an essay around them or a blog post around them. But actually it's much easier for me to sit in front of a microphone and tell the story um, from my heart and from without having to write it. I love writing, but I have um, evidence shows that I don't sit down and do it on a regular basis yet. And so, um, and especially this last year, I've been less inclined to do that. I used to write absolutely ferociously, but things would often be left half written or need editing and so on. And so what I've decided to do now is to tell the stories in front of a microphone with a deadline from my uh, admin manager, Laura. And Laura um, also loves these creative musings and named them. So let's see what goes on. So I'm in, feeling in a celebratory mood. And with that in mind, I want to introduce to you um, the awards that I gave out last year for my 10 year anniversary party. And so at my anniversary party, whenever I throw a party, it's very much, it's all eyes on me, obviously, because it's one of my parties. And I've been doing these for a few years now. I started in 2018, maybe. No, 2019, I started having a, a kind of a throw a, a party to celebrate February is the new January, which was my leading product. And at the time, I closed that down last year, this year, because I didn't feel like running it anymore. My business is evolving. I am evolving. I am changing. And I didn't want to run that group anymore. Um, and so it was a very kind of exciting year for me. Uh, could be exciting in the way that um, doing paintball is exciting, where you end up with loads of bruises <laughs> or injuries, or you kick a wasp's nest and end up with loads of stings all over you. Very exciting. <laughs> True stories, those are when I went paintballing. Um, so um, I've had these parties. I had one in 2019 at my, one of my favorite bars, Apero, and uh, restaurants, Apero. And then I had it again in Apero in 2020. And that was at the end of February. And that was to celebrate the launch of the 2019 version of FNJ. February is the new January. But of course, and and at that time, it was like touch and go. Should we have it? Shouldn't we have it? It was emerging that the pandemic was coming through and we had an absolute whale of a time. There's one thing I can say for me and my husband, Case Gay, is we can throw a really, really good and legendary party, of course. <laughs> Always legendary. And so this was... And the original February's and New January was a party we had at our house where we had 50 people in our like two-bedroom flat with their kids. I mean, there was chocolate handprints all over our white sofa. Somebody broke the toilet. A bottle of port was spilled on the sofa. Like all these kinds of things happened, but it was just a fantastic time when lots of different people came together from lots of different places. I'm in a different phase of life at the moment, but I can feel myself craving to start having people over again as it's taken me a little while to kind of get back into a life after the pandemic. 
And my coach sent me a peer-reviewed uh, article on that from a psychologist or from one of the uh, public psychology publications, which said that some people were finding it hard to find their purpose and their way after the pandemic. And that made perfect sense to me. Ah, yeah, that's right. But there are many changes that I'm going through at the moment, big ones. And I shall talk about those on subsequent um, episodes of Creative Musings because I want to tell stories and I want to tell the stories of women who are my age who are going through certain things and I will hold one part of those stories but that's for another episode today is a celebratory episode so I'm talking about the history of the parties of the FNJ parties so the first one was I always enjoyed when my mum and dad had open house or we went through to open houses when we were little and I wanted to do something like that but in expat world I say expat I mean like people who aren't uh Japanese necessarily people are often kind of trickling back into Japan or they've been away to see family during the Christmas and New Year vacations and so I decided to hold my New Year's party um I think it was either the 31st of January or the 1st of February and I named it February is the new January and that was the genesis of my brand February is the new January <laughs> and that was a legendary party and then yes 2019 we had our first FNJ party which was just lovely and it's a place for me to celebrate my clients so yes all eyes on me but it's also a place where I celebrate my clients um, and I loved it I really really loved it so 2020 I celebrated my clients again um, everybody gets to know each other, new business relationships and friendships are forged at those kind of events. And I just really loved kind of leading the charge on that kind of events and those kinds of parties. Of course, I'm not the first person to ever throw a party or to do that kind of thing. But in this community of people, I could see that, you know, there was an energy around the kind of parties that I was throwing that that created momentum for other people. And it, it sends ripples out, right? Um, I'm in more of a, uh, uh, what would I call it? An ebb rather than a flow this year. Oh, it's not true though, because the potent magic has been rising, but that's uh, a different story or it's all part of the same story. So then after three years of COVID, um, I decided to celebrate my, uh, 10 year anniversary. And in my 10 year anniversary, it kind of coincided with awards time. Now I've been a nominated three times for British Business Awards. On each occasion, I have nominated, uh, I have written my own application for the nomination. Other people invited me to nominate, nominated me and invited me to apply, but I wrote my own application. I have subsequently um, been informed from many different places that people who win, oftentimes, or generally speaking, um, have people to write their nominations for them, their applications for them. And it makes perfect sense. So the big companies, the big corporate companies, they will have a whole department working on crafting the perfect message to hit the award they want to get. I have a friend who's a director in HR who also said that awards are often political. Fine, we all know that. This is part of the the kind of, this is part of ebb and flow of capitalism, big and small. We understand that. You know, I'm not under any illusions there. 
And also, you know, if you've got a mate who's good at doing that kind of stuff or some, or you've got the, the, the budget to pay somebody to write your application for you, a writer, then you are far, far more likely to win. Great. But I thought, who do I know who deserves or should get, who would I want to see get awards? Because I was getting a little bit frustrated. Um, I was getting a little bit frustrated, put it that way. And I thought, who, where are these awards going in a kind of smaller, smaller places? <laughs> so I decided to have the SF Creative SFC Awards at my 10-year party. And again, it's always all about celebrating my people, but I also love leading. I love standing in front of people and um, hosting. I love hosting people. I love having a role. I love shining a light on other people. I love kind of um, marrying performance with parties and so on. And I mean, I just had such a good party. And I did the awards. So today... I'm going to talk about all the awards I gave out on October 23rd, 2022 at my 10-year anniversary party, Sarah Peruya Creative. Actually, it's SF Creative. I can feel I'm rambling on a little bit here, but this is what this is. It's amusing. It's creative musings. And I open the mic and I have my... Um, I have the things I need to hit and I have the small amount of research that I've done for this and the uh, kind of talking points ready. But I also just let myself uh, go go off a little bit because um, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. And this is my way of communicating and expressing and being creative uh, in a way that means I don't have to leave the house, which is not something I especially want to do. I don't have to go out for the evening. and. It's my way, yeah, of being creative. Um, yeah, I often love the idea of being in a band or uh, being in a show or joining people or going out to see shows and things like that. But it's just not the kind of, it's not the flow that I'm in right now. And I think we should not underestimate choosing the medium in which we want to communicate and create that's why I post so many photographs it's why I talk about nature and what I'm seeing in the world it's just I really love creating and as much as I would love 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 to write essays galore it's just not the medium that's lending itself to the way that I want to communicate right now. I'm going to sneeze. I can feel it. Please excuse me. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> right. So let's get into it. These were the awards that I gave out to the people who I wanted to have awards. So here are the criteria. It's called the Many Ways Awards because there are many ways to lead a life. And I believe there are many ways to lead a life. Number one, no speeches. So I didn't want the people to have to have speeches. I wanted it to be fast and furious and give the awards. And what I gave was there's this thing in Japan called a daruma, which is like a little, uh, like a little kind of, it looks like a bit like a weeble. It's a little doll and it has one eye. And then on the other eye, 
you fill it in when your dream comes true. So that's what I gave out. I gave these little daromas out with one eye, googly eye on already. Um, so no speeches. They don't have to give speeches. They just get the award given to them by the amazing mother of the House of Schwartz, Natmara Yukirodravarius, who also won an award, and um, one of his members of the House of Schwartz, Stephanie, who both performed and hosted with me. So it was a committee of one, me. I decided who got the awards. I just decided who got the awards and the criteria were that they are having a massive impact in the world, like a huge impact on the community and were unlikely to get awards in to be nominated for British Business Awards or were unlikely to win if they were nominated. Um, and that's no shade. It's just the way things are. So you'll see why. And it's 100% biased. So, um, yeah, 100% biased. No committee. It's just me. I chose the people. But these people who I chose, as I said, have an enormous impact on the community and on the culture of Tokyo and the um, communities in which they exist. So let's do this. So the first person... I gave an award to for the upcoming artist was April Marie Cooper. And April is an artist and illustrator. She designed all my uh, Christmas cards and birthday cards and holiday cards for 2022. Um, an illustrator. So I paid her to design all my cards. They were absolutely beautiful. And I still want to do uh, stationary lines for them. And she's also written a children's book. And she's uh, moved back to London now. She's just such a force of nature. She's She looks amazing. She's got the most interesting view on life. Um, a wild British lady. And she's also, so I also recommended her to Row House Publishing. Now, Row House Publishing is a, a publishing house in the US run by Rebecca Baruki. And she put a call out for an illustrator. And so I said to um, April, mate, you've got to put your bid in for this. And she did end up getting the bid. And she ended up being the illustrator for Senora Sana Sana, Sana Senora Sana Sana, which has been published. Um, and it's all about... Uh, a Spanish uh, person and their father talking about their Spanish heritage. So that's amazing. And this is, if you're on uh, YouTube, this is uh, a, a beautiful watercolour painting of a row house that I received because I was one of the initial investors in row house uh, back during the pandemic when it was started up. And you can hear, if you go on to um conspirituality podcast and look for Rebecca Baruki you can hear the genesis story of that where she realized the publishing house that she was with was incredibly racist and um she wanted to create her own publishing house which was a, a different reimagined version of capitalism and version of how authors are treated and what the kind of demographic of a publishing house looks like so amazing so congratulations to my darling, April, 
who is also kind of what I would call reverse mentor for me as well. So we had a coaching, um, we had a coaching relationship and she did my cards and she kind of, I would say she's like a reverse mentor for me as well. Uh, she's 20 years younger than me. And, you know, I just really need that young energy coming to me as well. Amazing. The second, so I had one kind of big award and that was only because I hadn't bought enough Daruma. <laughs> but these people are truly influencing, truly, truly, truly influencing Tokyo culture in a really subversive and creeping way. And I gave them the uh, queer influencers, the extremely influenced, influential award. And yeah, for queer excellence. So the first person was Kyle McCloskey and Kyle was my original legends partner. So he did all my videography and he, I just love working with really creative people and paying them for, for their, for their work with me. It was such a, a delight to do that. And I want to get back to that. Maybe 2025, I'll get back into that really, really creative kind of um, part it's partnership, but I'm paying. So it's also a kind of commercial relationship as well. But it was so lush and creative. And, you know, Kyle was working in the in the industry a lot at that time as well. And I think that this really helped to kind of plug him into the the creative side of things, but plug us both into like creative side of things doing this video project. Unfortunately, after we did four, four, yeah, four legends, the initial legends, four or five, five original legends in season one, we had to stop because COVID hit and we didn't know whether we should have people in the room together. In fact, it was just a no. It was an absolute no. And, uh, and that's when I started doing the podcast version of it. But we have five amazing videos out there. Uh, he's a master editor and he was just brilliant. And he's had such an enormous influence on my business, on my creative output. And then through the Legends podcast, he met Yukiro. I believe it was through that. I think he met Yukiro at maybe previous legend Lindsay's I think this is the origin story of this I could be wrong if Kyle's listening maybe he can <laughs> correct me on this that um that then he became involved in the queer community started going to the um House of Schwartz um drag shows and then he started to record them and he also got involved in spoiled identity as one of the editors and filming pe people I think as well he may have done some filming but certainly some editing on the back back end most of it was done by Roger Roger Sono oh I should get Roger on the podcast right I'm just gonna get that onto a uh onto a post-it note so uh let's just put that Roger okay so um yes <laughs> Dear me, this is what this is what musing's about. We muse, we muse, we muse. This is creativity to me. It's uh, it's it's easier for me to do it speaking into it rather than just uh, thinking about it or writing it down. And you should find your way of doing it too. So 
amazing Kyle, such a talent, a real, real talent and such a creative person, so sensitive, so sweet, so wild. And so he received the uh, person of pictures and poetry, Kyle. He's also a great poet and a great writer, and he's obsessed with the female poets. I think Mary Oliver and Emily Dickinson. Mm, yeah, and he he just he read he read out a poem that he had written at the uh, at the at the party as well. All right, the next person is Yukiro. Yukiro Draverius, a.k.a. Natmara, one of Tokyo's leading drag queens who 10 years ago did their first ever drag show and created the House of Schwartz, which is kind of like a really dark, gothic uh, house. And he is just, I don't know, he's amazing. He's ethereal. I don't know how he's got the energy to do drag show after drag show after drag show after drag show after drag show. But I cannot underestimate the, I cannot stress enough how much influence this person has had on the culture of Tokyo over the last 10 years. And he's, he's on season one of the, of the, um, of the Legends podcast. He's the last video person and it was the last recording that we did in my friend's bar, which is sadly didn't survive COVID. And I, and I just thought it was just fabulous setting for his, his um, interview. Uh, one of the very, very funniest clips I've ever done is on that. Just, I just love him. And I, I go and see the drag shows as often as I can uh, as often as I'm willing to leave sushi and leave my cozy home. Um, I wanted to go on Sunday, but I didn't because I just didn't want to leave the house. So, um, but I just love him and I hired him and his uh, right-hand person or one of his right-hand people, Stephanie, to be part of uh, the 10-year anniversary party they kind of hosted. They they gave out the awards with me and it just gave such a, an incredible layer to the to the party amazing performer incredibly creative the makeup he's a model he's an artist he's a drag queen he's a mother he's a leader a real leader um subversive as fuck and i just i cannot i don't know i don't have the words to to stress how important this person is. I saw the photographs that came back from the latest um, Fresh Meat, which is where um, all his house come and, and perform the weekend. And the level, the level that they've got to in their drag and their performance is just beyond. And Kyle will um, video all of these things as well. So... I just love all these connections that happen and the threads that run through all of these things. And it's such a, it's such a unique delight for me to be part of all of this. Although I'm kind of like, you know, how I describe it is, you know, in Absolutely Fabulous, they have like um, June Whitfield's character, who's like grandma. Like, this is what I feel like. I'm that character. I'm kind of like the, 
I mean, although in in the kind of world that I often move in, like the corporate world and stuff like that, I'm considered quite subversive and quite unusual. <laughs> I mean, this is next level, right? So there, I'm more like the June Whitfield character, but um, it's one of the places where I feel the most at home. And I also just want to honor Yukiro Draverius, aka Nat Mara, who is just the most amazing uh service to drag excellence in Tokyo trailblazing and game-changing featured in Tokyo weekender best friend of La Carmina the influencer and uh, goth tarot witch <laughs> um co-director of soon-to-be called smash spoiled identity which I am in I'm I'm in spoiled identity which is as camp as Nicker's film which will be out there I mean once it infiltrates into into the uh, the queer ether it's gonna rise and i think we're gonna have a john waters on our hands amazing all right the next two people were duncan whom and neil chapman so duncan and neil have also been on my podcast in the very fucking creative season and i think that was season four or five season four or five I can't remember, but I loved that season so much. I really got into really creative people. And um, I, I, they're partners, so I interviewed them together. But I shall honour them separately now. So, Dehoon is the most incredible performer. His drag persona is kind of very masculine. And his dancing is amazing. He's, uh, he's part of... He's part of the kind of House of Schwartz family. And I don't know, these people, they have day jobs, but their lives are so steeped in creativity from morning till night. And I'm just obsessed with them, like absolutely obsessed with them. They're also my friends. Like this isn't like mad fangirl territory, but um, I, I just feel so honored and privileged to be on the, even the edges and fringes of this community. Um. And his partner, Neil, is the author of Perfume. Their co-director, uh, Duncan is the co-director of Spoiled Identity, co-writer and co-director of Spoiled Identity, along with Yukiro. And yeah, again, 10 years, they've been doing these incredible performances. Um, Duncan's performances are just otherworldly. They are otherworldly. They are animistic and wild and wildly authentic neil is whoop, i don't know if you'd call it a perfume influencer but he has a blog called the black narcissist i think black narcissist i've never said it out loud i've only ever read it <laughs> and it's all about perfume is that right anyway um he wrote this book called perfume get it it is look I've, I mean I don't know it seems so it seems a bit trite to have all these post-it notes sticking out of the gold edging this book is beautiful and it talks about all the different perfumes Neil's writing is old school it's florid and um just so over the top Neil also has a drag persona called Burning Bush Kate Bush's kind of um, upside down world twin sister. 
just the most and he's like a concert pianist it's a specter when they perform together it's absolutely amazing um they are fabulously grotesque entertainment for the truly strong <laughs> so i wanted to honor all of these people for their influence on the tokyo culture on everything um how they live their lives in the normal kind of consensus reality world but then live the rest of their lives in this kind of wild wild grotesque dark unbelievably artful world of I don't know how to describe it but you just don't know what's happening underneath the surface it's fantastic I love it um yeah it feels like my place and it feels like, I don't know, I just look with awe as these people express themselves in such a wild, wild way. And this book, Perfume, In Search of Your Signature Scent by Neil Chapman, go buy it. Buy it, especially, I think, Gen X and Boomers would love this book because it talks about, like, old school perfumes. So not only kind of new stuff, but, like, things like Isatis and... Um, Coco by Chanel and um, you know things like Chanel number no. five and um, Reeve Gauche, Yves Saint Laurent it, it talks about all the really old school perfumes alongside um, you know new ones and he's a maestro an absolute maestro of scents um, he's obsessed with flowers and that's how that came about and I don't know. I mean, these are the people who I really, truly look up to as leaders, as cultural influencers. I mean, you don't even know the kind of strings these people pull in the background of culture and society. So that's why they all got this award. All right, let's move on to the next one. The next award went to Marcellus Neely, who is in the same legend season as those people. Marcellus is a man who has been in Japan for 30 years and he received the Artist of Ridiculous Integrity Award. Like Marcellus has unbelievable integrity, both artistic as a person. Um, he's incredibly influential in the in the creative world of Tokyo. Um, he's as I said, he's been here for 30 years. His spoken word poetry is just amazing. I asked him to open up the party um, and he just flows. He has this knowledge and knowing his origin story of his creativity is really amazing. Um, please go and listen to his all of these podcasts that are on the Legends podcast. They're so fabulous. He's worked with the mega group. So there's an enormous pop group here called Dreams Come True. He's their MC. He's just finished a tour with them. His daughter is now on drums for them so it's just like carrying on this family legacy of deep integrity deep artistic performance like but also they are out in front of people out there uh living their best lives and he is also the editor of uh this uh to tokyo poetry journal topojo uh anthology called umoja and it is uh, Topo Joe exer Exertion Excursions 
Black Diaspora Edition. This was edited by Marcellus and uh, his uh, editing partner, Bianca Bailey. And the cover photo was by uh, Augustus Browning II. I've read this cover to cover. Again, you can see all the post-it notes in there if you're watching this on YouTube. And it's just amazing. Um, I won't try and read any of this. Um, but Marcellus has been writing poetry since he was eight years old. I also used to write poetry and songs when I was young as well, but it got somehow it it got beaten out of me. And that's one of my um, not beaten out of me, not beaten out of me, but it got lost along the way. Um, I had to be very cautious at home that because my diaries and journals would be read. Um, so that was something I had to be incredibly cautious about when I was at home. So I stopped writing at home and stopped making journals at home. And I loved English, but was also encouraged to study science because I should be a doctor because I was clever. It's a strange, strange thing. And it's something that I, even at the age of 52, continue to try to reclaim continually trying to reclaim this this is probably one of the reasons why I changed my business to SF creative it was my way of reclaiming that artfulness and following that route when I was 30 29 or 30 I studied for my English A level because I was complaining all the time oh wish I'd done English A level wish I'd done English A level and that's something I'm really proud of is that I was working full-time and I was a manager in a telecoms um, company. And I just decided I was going to do my English A-level in one year. So I went to night school, Tuesdays and Thursdays, maybe, or just Tuesdays. I can't remember. I would drive from work to night school <laughs> to study for my English A-level. And I got an A. And um, it was an absolute delight. I, stu I think I studied King Lear. And... I studied, um, I can't remember what else we we studied. Oh, Nights at the Circus by Angela Carter. I wasn't really into poetry at the time, so I don't remember the poets that I studied, but I do know that I wasn't, I didn't get or understand or like poetry, even though I used to write it when I was young. Now I kind of, I'm so much more into it. Yeah, so that's what I did. I'm really, really proud of that, actually. So I'm just going to read the first stanza of uh, Marcellus's poem, I Am. I, oh, my God. You have to imagine this in the words of like a, a beat poet um, or a spoken word artist. All right. I am. I am the boat that rocked when cargo was jettisoned after horizons were gone and the traders could no longer be seen silhouetted against the burning village counting Dutch and English gold. So this is about um, slave trafficking uh people trafficking and um the ancestry of african americans so um or well, black anybody from the black diaspora so i uh i introduce you to marcellus neely the artist of ridiculous integrity and i encourage you to go and listen to his legends podcast with me legends interview it's actually i'm thinking back on it now 
amazing. He was so generous, so straightforward, so open. And what a guy. What a guy. Oh, he's also a photographer. Did I forgot to tell you that? He's a photographer. And he had a photo exhibit in Shibuya called Sankism recently because there was five people in it, I think. And yeah, just, oh, so good. All right. Makes me so happy. I also gave away two copies of Imoja at the uh, at the party. Again, just that kind of sense of spreading things out, of ripples, of seeding things and then seeing what happens after that. The next person was the Trailblazer Award. And that went to James Napolsing, who's a British lawyer and artist. He has a diploma with the uh, RCA, the Royal College of Arts. He makes music and he does very, very personal art that he sells and gives away. Um, he's on the British Chamber of Commerce Executive Committee and the British School um, Tokyo Board. And that's no small thing for, uh, for James. And he also just started a new arm of the British Chamber of Commerce called the UK Nippon culture club which is all about kind of intersectionality of art with everything else he has a portfolio life um he has a podcast he's a dj a musician a lawyer yeah he's a, a multiple property owner and he paints these fantastic pictures in fact in the background here is one of his artworks and i have his artworks all over my house <laughs> so many of his artworks and yeah, he's a real trailblazer. Um, he was also nominated in the British Business Awards the same year. I think we both knew we wouldn't win. So I wanted to really honour him. I'm sure he will win something in the future. Um, but I really, really wanted to honour him at the time because of the impact that he's having on the British Chamber of Commerce. He's the first black person to ever sit on the British Chamber of Commerce in its 70-year history, which feels bonkers, really. And it's... And that's trailblazing. And it's not easy to be that person. Um, but he's found his niche and he has found the way for him to express himself. And and he's finding a way to bring people with him, which is more than uh, kind of trying to... <laughs> I'm laughing because it's it, I am so on the same page as him. I'm having a little moment of self-coaching where it's like, I ain't doing DEI anymore. It has to be kind of grassroots up. It has to be doing things that you love and being visible in that or not. Like, so for me, it's drawing back and uh, bringing all the lushness to the table. But I feel like this is a really indulgent episode because I'm talking about the people I gave awards to, but I'm also relating it back to myself. But I feel like everybody's story... In, in systems coaching, we say... Every voice is the voice of the system. And so what I feel like is that every voice that comes to the table is the voice of everybody or everybody can kind of find their own voice in things or the people who have a similar voice will find it. If you find this indulgent, oh, please go listen to something else. Don't torture yourself listening to my ramblings and my musings. Please just go somewhere else. My God. <laughs> This is the way I express myself. This is my song. This is my poem. This is my um this is my concert piece. This is my book. This is my 
Oh dear. So anyway, James DePaul Singh, uh, he's just, an in- he just has an incredible output. He has an in- incredible, uh, there's a few people I know who have an in- unbelievable capacity for output, for work, for creativity, for authenticity, for not giving a shit, for reinventing, for, um, for just getting on with things. And he's one of those people just has this incredible capacity for output and for moving forward uh, and in a really trailblazing and creative way. He's not regurgitating things. He's not busy, busy, busy for the sake of it. He's just painting all the time in his free time, making music, making connections and making sure that he is just keeps stepping further and further into this, um, artistic world and creating platforms for himself and other artists to be visible but also doing that in the corporate world and also being a you know a a top-notch lawyer at the same time so oh and oh here we go he also has a book that he sent to me because I partnered with him on an exhibition last year I was his kind of creative partner and this is a uh, kind of, it's not exactly a catalogue, but it's his, it's all his works with some poetry and so on. And he did this and then moved on. And it's just fabulous. So I'm, God, look at this. I'm so proud to have this kind of stack of books written by my my people, by my award winners and by my friends. Oh, God, it feels so relaxing to be steeped in such incredible creativity. So happy. So happy right now reflecting on it. All right. So next up was the Grand Dam of Tokyo, who I was with yesterday. So the Grand Dam of Tokyo is Jane Best. Jane Best is, she's a baby boomer. She's she's uh, in her 70s now. She won't mind me saying that, I'm sure. But she's been here for so long and had such an incredible influence on Tokyo life. Um, You know, the stories she tells, she knows royalty. She's known multiple directors of this and CEOs of that and so on. Um, She's a great friend. And so I just want to talk through her. She's also been on the podcast. She's got an amazing story that like she left the UK. She went to Africa. She worked in Africa for years. Um, she worked in uh Tokyo for years. She has a background in the hospitality industry. Um, I think that's what she studied at university and uh or college. And so the high priestess of Fuji Rock, she was in the Elizabeth Club, which was like this women's network. And she's always been really, she's she's a master networker, like a master networker, but she does it in a way where she's constantly contributing to the, she's constantly contributing in this really kind of grassroots hands-on way. So for example, at a recent um, RSA, Royal Society for the Arts um, event that I went to, she had made all the sandwiches she used to have a restaurant here called 1066 where she made fish and chips and cottage pies and all kinds of British food. And then that kind of wrapped up, I think, late 1990s, 1999, maybe. She joined REI, Refugee Empowerment International, where she is now the director. 
I'm on the board of directors of that organization, which she runs in a really incredible way where everything is directed. We don't have, we're here to fundraise. We're here to fundraise and we're here to advocate on behalf of people who are refugees and to humanize that and to make sure that they have the resources they need to build for lives forward, to build their lives forward in the way that they want to. So we don't have anybody over there. We don't have we don't have any like, uh, you know, gap year people going over to kind of help the refugees. What we do is we go and do site visits um, so that we can find out what people need and how they're getting along and what life is like over there and to gather their stories so that we understand you know, how to communicate from them. I always consider the people in the um, in the projects, in the refugee camps, and refugee camps aren't like people in tents with sad faces. They are villages, basically. They're villages and towns of people who have been displaced from their homes. Many people would like to go home, but they also know they can't go home. Oftentimes they know they can't go home because it's too dangerous for them to go home. This is the situation on the Thai Myanmar border where we have projects and we also have projects. I think we have a, um, a kindergarten in Lebanon that we fund and uh, like a startup entrepreneurial project in Nairobi, if I remember rightly. Um, but we have two or three projects on the Thai Myanmar border, including uh, DARE, which is the Drug and Alcohol Rehabilitation uh, Environment. I don't know what the E stands for there, actually. Anyway, Drug and Alcohol Rehabilitation Centre, because people get into drugs and alcohol for the same reasons that we do. They're curious, they're bored, their friends are doing it. It's not because their life's such a terrible tragedy that they turn to it, although that's one of the reasons, you know people refugees people who live in refugee camps are exactly the same have exactly the same aspirations and needs as the next person and that is why i love working with rei we are not people who go over and tell them what to do we're incredibly skilled we go over to listen i would strongly encourage you to go and follow refugee empowerment international rei on uh, the socials and to contribute and to become a friend of REI. Anyway, back to Jane. So she got the Grand Dam of Tokyo Award. Um, she's a legend both on my podcast and in Tokyo. And yeah, she's just amazing. And on the Legends podcast, she's the legend of Fuji Rock because for many, 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 many years, I think almost maybe 20 years, she um, ran the fish and chip stall. <laughs> Um, so she served uh, British beer, gin and tonics, full English breakfasts, and also um, uh, fish and chips. I worked there for one of the Fuji Rocks. The highlight was seeing Bjork. The low light was standing over the fryer for three hours at a time. It was bonkers, but a brilliant experience. And she did that every single year for like 20 years um she stopped now um of course covid put paid to that and then you just have to really consider what the new normal looks like for you so i think she decided not to continue doing that at fuji rock however jane has for generations for decades 
been an incredibly influential person, especially in the British community in Tokyo, beloved by memory, must many, beloved by many, a master networker. She received the Grand Dame of Tokyo Prize. <laughs> Next up is somebody really splendid. The Wise Woman Award went to Sarah Bull. Now, anybody who knows this woman, Sarah Bull, will know that when she walks into a room, she lights the room up. She will make you feel like you're her best friend, but not in a creepy way, like in a really, really great way. She is, um, some people shine from within and that light shines out onto the other people around them. And she is this person, generous with spirit and grace. She has incredible boundaries. She's just full of of so much life, so much creativity. She's been uh, one of my, one of the coaching clients that I've had, and she's very open about that, who has just embraced everything, embraced everything. She's got her life together in such an incredible way. And I don't know, I mean, she has an incredible style as well. Like she just looks lovely. Like she's really sparkling. She's a sparkling person. She's a dazzling person. And, but where's the award for that? Where's the award for somebody who just spreads joy and authenticity and sincerity and genuineness out into the world, but not in a people pleasing way, in a in a way where you know you're in safe hands with her, you know you're in safe hands in her energy. And yeah, so that's what I gave to her. I think her word of the year that year was wise woman. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to honor the influence and impact that she has on the Tokyo community and beyond. She's a businesswoman extraordinaire. She's uh, on the board of directors of her organization. She's completely bilingual in uh, Japanese and English. And I think she speaks Chinese as well. And she's just, she's doing life in such a creative and unique way. She's doing relationship anarchy in, <laughs> in a really wild way. Um, she loves her family. She does things differently and... I often have my first swim of the year with her. <laughs> um, she's somebody who I would be happy to introduce to anybody. And I'm so honored to work with her, but I'm also honored to call her a friend. And yeah, she's just somebody who lights up any room she's in. She's happy to call things out um, and call things in. She asks for what she needs. And I don't know, I'm, I was just so happy to honor her. So happy to honor her as I was the next person. So another friend, I gave away the good friend award, the good friend award. Like who gets a good friend award, an actual award where people applaud them. They get a, uh, a, a, a trophy and they get honored. So Oh God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I've just been talking to her today. She's a mother of three, um, super neuro spicy family. And um, 
that her her kids range from 13 to one <laughs> she lives by the beach um her name is kirsten adachi and she anybody who knows her will know she's another person in whom you're in safe with whom you're in safe hands she's quiet but also just fierce strong um uh authentic genuine she can't be anything more genuine sincere the most incredible friend i could ask for and we are like on on paper if you looked at us we are at the opposite end of the scale we met some 16 or 17 years ago when we were both working in corporate training i was i think a senior consultant at the time and she was employed as a consultant too um we were both kind of consultants at microsoft for uh business communication and we just became firm friends now obviously on again on paper she's like this super introvert who like you know doesn't really express or emote very much and i'm this super extrovert who really like you know emotes a lot and wears colorful clothing and so on but actually once you get beyond those layers we're very similar we have similar values and similar styles and somehow we have remained firm friends um i call her kids my nieces and nephews i'm part of the family i know all her family i know the grandma granddad all the aunties and uncles my brother has stayed with her so she knows my family as well and her sister and her mom and um we've spent just like her house was the center of <laughs> this the center of um operations for summer for um everything she and her husband run a cleaning company called K&M services she's about to buy a house i think for of her own they already own their own house so they are multiple uh property owners um she's firm she had a cooking company before where she did recipes and uh Japanese cooking for English speakers she is uh, an amazing driver she is um so she's a businesswoman Airbnb host they had this Airbnb which is now the granny flats which she ran she's here there and everywhere cleaning I mean the energy she has is just beyond she used to take her baby on her back to go and clean <laughs> clean houses and stuff and she's generous loving family person i she's such a good friend to the people she knows and she has an incredible influence she has had an incredible influence on so so many people through having this airbnb down there that so many people stayed in from tokyo and hosting birthday parties and um beach beach parties, beach barbecues, and so on. So the Good Friend Award, which sounds kind of sappy, but it, you do not under, do not underestimate a good friend. Do not underestimate these people who are spreading love and quiet joy through their through their people, through their communities, through their networks. Do not underestimate that. She knows everybody in Zushi, Kamakura, all these other places, but you'd never know. <laughs> yeah, and 
I just love her and I wanted to honor her. So that's the Good Friend Award that went to Kirsten Adachi, businesswoman, entrepreneur, property owner, mother, community builder, chef supreme, secondhand shopper supreme. The generosity is beyond and party gatherer. Um, just she's everything. She's she's everything. Even just this week, she said she would help me out getting a repeat, repeat prescription that I needed. Just amazing. Oh, Kirsten. And then finally, finally, the goddess of everything. She is the roots. She holds up everything. She holds everything together for Tokyo small businesses, entrepreneurs and business people who know their time is best spent on her. Throw a stone at a female entrepreneur in Tokyo and you'll find her. She's the backbone, the secret source, and the thing that I get most compliments about in my business. I think most of my clients like her better than they like me, if I'm honest. Laura Marushima. She received the special award. <laughs> I made this up. Remember the criteria, no speeches, a committee of one, 100% biased of me. All awards are 100% biased, by the way. But um, so, yeah, I just wanted to honor her. She hates being the center of attention. She hates people looking at her. Didn't care. So, um, yeah, she received this. I think she got the biggest clap. Um, like I said, she she started her business about 10 years ago, not long after I started mine. Um, I was one of her first clients. Um, she was the first person I'd hired to do this kind of thing. It was just such a serendipitous thing. Yesterday, actually, we had our kind of yearly um, planning session for the following year. Happens every November. This last two years have been really interesting because for the first few years, it was just growth, 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 growth. Me running the same programs, planning for that planning for how we were going to do that and how we were going to best serve our clients and best serve the people in them. Last year was all about closing things down and making sure that finances were well kind of taken care of and wrapped up. And this year it's been all about, um, yeah, Phoenix from the flames and reinvention. And again, just going quite slowly and going, not, not doing anything to like, not trying to start things up again in the same way. I feel like 2024 is going to be another year of discovery for me and for the business. And with somebody like her in the background, making sure that things keep ticking over, you, you know, she's an integral part of my business, put it that way. And you can, yeah, there's other things that I want to do. There's other creative projects that I want to do. There's things I want to focus on. And I'm so, uh, I'm so glad to have her. We had such a fun time yesterday. She's also very caring. She gave me a care package because I'm going to be in hospital over the uh, Christmas holidays. And I can't wait to start up next year and see what happens. January will be out of action mostly. But I can't wait. We we talked about what I do want to invest in and what I don't want to invest in next year. We talked about just all kinds of things. And um, yeah, I was just so, so, so into it. 
So that was my awards, the awards. And it's called the Many Ways Awards. And maybe I'll do them again this year. Maybe I'll do the Many Ways Awards again this year. I wonder how I can make that happen. Oh, the February is the new January awards. Oh, this is how things work for me. This incredibly creative mind constantly kind of reaching into the essence to pull things into the dreaming level and plan for it and then get it pulled out into consensus reality where it becomes a reality. And, it, you know, it sounds quite gauche and quite cheeky, doesn't it? And quite kind of irreverent to just go, you know what? I'm a one woman or two woman show business and I'm going to have an awards ceremony where I actually hire people in to host the awards ceremony and uh, and do that right? I mean, big business doesn't even do that. I, my life, what I feel like my life is emerging as is just an, a very creative and artful expression and pulling all these different things together. Uh, the most important thing for me next year is just creative expression. And I'll do that through coaching. I'll do that through collaborations. I'll do that through writing workshops, through um, the Legends podcast, which I'm going to be continuing doing. And uh, in a very artful way, this is, uh, you know, Laura and I yesterday, as we met up, we're talking about how much we're enjoying this round. We're really enjoying this round of the podcast. And she's really helped, actually, because she she named this creative musings as we were we were musing on what to call these parts where I just talk to camera or talk into the microphone and uh, as indulgent as that may seem uh I respectfully don't care if you're listening to this and you think god how indulgent or you know somebody who's like God, she's gone off the rails. Just honestly walk away from people like that. Why would anybody behave like that? Oh, so um, yeah, I I don't mean walk away from them, break friends. I mean walk your soul away from that because this is this is soulful work, you know. Anyway, that's what I think. It's just really soulful work, and um, you know, yeah, like it's just really cheeky, isn't it? It's a it's incredibly cheeky. It's a it's a it's a uh, a comp move. <laughs> it's just rude, isn't it? Do you know what? I'm just going to do a podcast where I just talk into the microphone about whatever I want to. Now, I wish this was a kind of substack essay that I wrote and then edited, but actually, this is this is more suitable for my current vibe, or my current mood, or my current output. And I wonder what's yours. You know. What's your mode? If you're finding it difficult to do something, maybe you just change mode. Maybe you start recording yourself instead of trying to write. Maybe you start writing instead of filming. Maybe you do spoken word. Maybe if you are feeling creatively blocked, you should look at a different medium to, through which to express yourself. Um, I want to care less and less and less in the future um there was a uh you know there's just a part of, I, I you know <laughs> just there's there's so many people who want to make you smaller and I'm not sure that they are always well-intentioned actually 
I'm not sure, you know, people, oh, they're well-intentioned. I think, you know, parents, maybe teachers are often well-intentioned, but sometimes I just don't think people are. I think people just love to look at people who aren't like them and put them down. And I don't want to live at all trying to please people who are either well-intentioned or not well-intentioned in order to be palatable. And in some areas, as, as I kind of am sober and deeper and deeper into my integrity, into my integrity, deeper and deeper into integrity. Um, the more conservative I am in some areas, the more ordinary I am in some areas, but the more deeply creative and more artful I can be by just doing what I want. And this is what I want to do. I want to have parties where we celebrate each other I want to sit around tables where we have really juicy, deep conversations. I did that with my uh, Dreamweavers, which was a mastermind group that I ran for two years. Because we did two years every week together, I we have this shorthand. We just, you know, after the initial kind of, hi, how are you? You look nice, a little bit of small talk. We don't need to qualify many things. And the, the conversations are very, very juicy, very beautiful. And yeah, it's, there was something I tried to start up this year, which I had to apologize to the people who'd said, yes, I'd like to do that because that was too soon, too rushed, but that's waiting in the wings to happen. And yeah, just more and more and more coaching. I love coaching people. More and more and more courage. But it, it's interesting to say courage because that would suggest that I fear. But the fear is ebbing off now because I don't find that I want to please the people who are going to put me down and I suggest you don't too so remember when I'm talking like this I want well no it's just the way for me to express but also I would love for the person who's listening to find some nugget inside it as well that might help them to express themselves more to feel a bit more comfortable or to feel like they have a safe place to land in terms of what they want to express as well and I'm specifically talking about expressing yourself here I'm I'm specifically talking about spiking I'm specifically talking about the things that people might tell you not to do yeah <laughs> specifically those things Specifically when people are trying to put you down or put you into a box or suggest that, oh, stuff and nonsense or something like that. Specifically where you are trying to make yourself smaller in order to please people who find you unpalatable, but they will never, ever have your best interests at heart. Best interests at heart would be somebody giving you feedback about how to behave in a certain situation that's appropriate to that situation. 
But if they're making it mean something about you or trying to make you smaller than you are in private or in your own spaces or in your one-on-one spaces with them, no, 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 no. So there's a really big difference between being in a meeting in a corporate situation or sitting around a table with friends. If somebody's giving you feedback on how to better show up and get things done in that kind of very strict and rigid setting, that's one thing. You know, there are social norms and social mores that one has to follow. But if people are trying to make you behave in a certain way, in a way that tells you that they either don't want to or can't handle the size of you, the size of your spirit and the size of your soul and your soulfulness and your spikes could be your grief it could be your emotional world they can get to fuck (laughs) so um yeah i can help with that and this is the wonderful thing about certainly the way that i coach is i'm well aware like I've been working in with people in corporate since 2005 when I, you know, was coaching in Microsoft. I know what what's required of showing up for people who need things packaged well. And there's a good reason for that. If you've got loads and loads and loads of people, you need to run it like a military kind of operation. Um, I don't like it. I don't think that we're designed for that, but time will tell how that works out. Um, but hey, take a look at your bank account at the end of every month because somebody's automatically putting the money in there for you that you didn't have to do the marketing for. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, when you when you are my client, I can hold very far into the edges of the bell curve for you. I can hold those parts of you and I can encourage those parts of you to grow and to um, be expressed. Not, It's not like portioning things out. It's like each of those things get to have 100% expression. If you go and listen to The Legends with Deanne, um, season seven, episode four, maybe, uh, or three, Mm, three, no, no, five, Season seven, episode five, Deanne talks about these parts when she was talking about being a teacher and a clubber at the same time and how those parts needed to be expressed fully, but separately. Um, I can do that for you. I'm not going to be the kind of coach who tries to um, boost their own social status by showing you how corporate I can be and how... uh, um, how you need to do this, that, and the other. I will hold all that creativity and wildness and divergence or conservativeness. And uh, conservativeness, is that a word? I don't think so. But all the conservative parts of you, um, I have all kinds of clients, introverts, extroverts, thinkers, feelers, um, intuitives, sensors, prospectors, judges, All of the different types of people are my clients and it's my job to hold all the parts and to allow space for all those parts to be expressed in the appropriate ways. And that's 
what I think is really unique about the way that I do things. And that's the award I'm going to give to myself. There are many ways to lead a life award and everybody has stories. I think that we benefit from having more soul and more story in the world. I really do. More soul and more story. So I salute you. I hope that you enjoyed listening to the awards that I give out. I've probably left you hanging halfway through a sentence there because that's the way things go. And I want to honour all the awards people. So the Upcoming Artist Award, the Person of Poetry and Pictures, Always Forward Never Straight Award, the Award for uh, Queer Influence, uh, the Artist of Ridiculous Integrity, the Trailblazer, the Grand Dam of Tokyo, the Wise Woman, the Good Friend, and the Special Award to the Goddess of Everything. And an award to you if you got this far. And an award to me for allowing myself to express myself however I want, in the medium that I want, no matter how much it makes me cringe to think about it. And no matter how much on a good day, I want to kill everything I've ever done. <laughs> so thank you. You've been listening to season seven, Creative Musings of the Legends podcast. I wish you well. I hope you have a brilliant day or evening or morning, wherever you are. I wish you good day, good evening and good morrow. Thank you to Laura Marushima for her editing and posting, and I will see you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to these creative musings and stories of reinvention. And if it's Guests Week, big love and gratitude to our guests. Go follow them everywhere. Shout out to Laura Marushima for her podcast management and support. I would love if you would follow and subscribe this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and share with a friend you think would love or benefit from it. You can also find me at Sarah Brewer Creative on Facebook and Instagram and get on my occasional, very occasional newsletter list at sarahbrewer.com. I just love that you're here and I'll catch you the next time on the Legends Podcast. Rise like a phoenix, baby. And don't forget to take other people with you. Bye.